Great. Well, hello, everybody. Great to see you this morning. And, you know, it's just wonderful to hear these stories, isn't it? As I was listening, I just thought it's amazing how God brings things together. Because today I'm talking about inspiration. I'm talking about giving an invitation. And I'm also going to encourage you to use your imagination. But a bit more of that to come. If I just step back a tiny bit, then I can see side to side. There we go. So I don't know about you, but there's something that I have as a bit of a, a dirty, bit of dirty laundry, a bit of a dirty secret. And I'm going to share with you today. Oh, you're all poking up now. <laughs> Over a while, I've been a bit ashamed of myself because I haven't been getting as much exercise as I should. It's something that, um, in fact, can you just knock that off for a minute, Becca, please? Thank you. It's something that I haven't been very pleased about. You know, whenever I look at, in the mirror or whenever I see, you know, hear about Nikki or others going and running the London Marathon or get involved in exercise, I just think, oh, I know I should be doing more. In fact, I was talking to Jenny long ago, doing a couch to 5K, and there's me going, that's great. Oh, I am not doing enough exercise. And I was listening to the radio um, a couple of weeks ago, and I heard a clip on the radio, which I don't know whether or not you did, but it was about school in Scotland, where they started doing a thing called the Daily Mile. And every single day of every single school day, they kick all the kids out of school, out of the classroom, and they have to run or walk for 15 minutes around a little route that they've kind of put through the playground and around the field. And they kind of chatted to the head teacher who started it all and to a little girl who said, I never thought I was a good runner, but now I've found out that I can run. And, you know, as I listened to this thing, I thought, that's amazing. The On the radio, they were talking about the benefits, the health benefits and the social benefits of doing it together and the educational benefits because the kids are all just brighter. And I just thought, if kids can go out for a little run around the block for 15 minutes, could I? In fact, why couldn't I? And I was really inspired to think about it. And then I thought, well, what they do is they all do it together. So I'm going to go to my kids. They're going to love this. I say, come on, kids, come with me. We're going to run around the block in the morning for 15 minutes every day. It's going to be great. And those of you who know my kids can imagine that two of the three wouldn't be seen dead running around the block with their mum puffing away. But one of them actually took up the invitation and came with me. And so we've been out five times since I listened to the radio program. And it's not glorious. It doesn't look pretty. But I've had 15 minutes more exercise every time than I would have had before. So I was, I was inspired to do something. I invited my kids to come with me because it's much more fun doing it with somebody else. And then actually it sparked our imagination because now I've got this app on my phone. It's brilliant. It can tell me where I'm going and it can show me how many steps I've done, how long it's taken. And so it's really caught my imagination. Now, you'll be glad to know I'm not inviting you to come running with me. That wouldn't be good for you or me. (laughs) But today is about some inspiration. I'm hoping that we will be inspired afresh around the Advent story, around the Christmas story today. Thank you, Becca. I'm also, so I'm hoping that we're going to be inspired about the real meaning of Christmas. I don't know, Becca's doing, thank you. Yeah. I'm also going to give you a bit of an invitation to maybe think and act differently to the way that you might have done in previous years. And I'm hoping that this could spark your imagination. It's not going to be about telling you what you should do, but I wonder is if we think about these things and look at them together, you might just think, how could this work for me and my family? It's a famous song that we're soon going to be hearing on our radios. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Andy Williams. Does anyone know that? Why don't you turn to your neighbour and have a little sing? 
It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh dear, we're going to have to practice a bit more than that with, with the carol service coming. <laughs> and so, do you know, the adverts would have us believe it is the most wonderful time of the year because of the fantastic food that we can get from Iceland for a great bargain, or the incredible toys that we can get from Argos, or the presents that we've always wanted, that we've always been waiting for all year. And when we get those, that's going to be the most satisfying thing, and it's just going to make it the most wonderful time of the year. That's what my kids seem to think. But actually, the events of Paris this week remind us that stuff doesn't last, and stuff doesn't satisfy. How many friends and families of those people who are murdered in those attacks would give up any number of gifts and wonderful meals just to have their loved ones back. It's obvious that our world is in a terrible mess and the advertisers' glossy promises just don't come anywhere near sorting it out. And it may be that as you look at Christmas, you're daunted by what you're going to face. It may be that you look at Christmas, you think about breakdown in your family or it might remind you of sad times that you've had or you're concerned about how you're going to pay for the presents that you feel that you need to be buying. So Christmas isn't all what it's cracked up to be. And you know, this is something that breaks God's heart. The world that he created and the people he dreamed up and gave life to are broken. That's us. We're in pain. And if you look at our world, we're destroying one another. And that was never his plan. But in creating people with freedom, he knew that we could choose And he knew full well what the consequence of of that would be. Now, you might say, looking at the news, well, I've never killed anyone. But as we've seen through the study in Romans that Nigel's been leading us through in the past five weeks, actually, we've all messed up. In Romans 3.23, it's a verse that will be familiar to many of you. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In fact, the message puts it like this. It's clear, isn't it? We're sinners every one of us in the same sinking boat as everyone else. The thing about Christmas is that it reminds us of God's amazing rescue plan. He saw the mess we were in and sent his only son, Jesus, as God with skin on. Emmanuel, as you can see from the screen. In fact, I'm pointing there. It's behind you, behind me. Emmanuel, God with us. In fact, the baby born to Mary was given the name Jesus, which means God saves. The fact this baby came and was born in Bethlehem is no coincidence. He is God's rescue plan for us. He grew up, he lived a perfect life, and he died on the cross to pay the penalty for all the stuff that we've done wrong. It's crystal clear. In this season, when we remember and celebrate that Jesus came to rescue us, to give us a purpose, to give us life in him, We also remember to look for his return because the truth is that Jesus is coming back. This time it's not going to be as a baby. This time he's coming back as triumphant king. And this time it's not just the shepherds and the wise men who are going to meet him. It's actually going to be all of us. And so despite knowing all this, you know, when we've sung the songs of worship today, we know the truth of this. We're going to be singing it in plenty of carols in weeks to come. But for lots of us, Christmas is a really challenging time. And for those of us who know and love Jesus, I don't know about you, but I find it can be tricky to keep him right at the centre. And so today, I want to make it really practical. 
I'm going to give you some ideas and some thoughts and some tools about how we might think about doing that together. I'm going to invite you to join me on this journey. And we have been training this for a little while now. And some of you may have had the chance to look at the website. But if you haven't, I want to tell you about something called the Advent Conspiracy that I kind of came across this is that there are a group of churches who, a number of different denominations, who kind of sit under this banner and have some really helpful themes which help us remember how to celebrate Christmas fully and put Jesus right at the centre. And so now we just have a little three minute video that kind of gives you a summary of what they say. Dear friends and family, I don't think I can do Christmas this year. And mom, I know what you're going to say. Don't be so dramatic, but I'm serious. I love parts of it. Don't get me wrong. The family dinner, Ben's famous eggnog, grandma's oatmeal cookies, Tim's Christmas sweater hugs. But that's not what's getting to me. It's the 10 days till Christmas pressure, the never-ending to-do list, the traffic jams, the credit card debt, all for what? To get that right gift to give meaning to it all? We spend so much money every year on good things for each other, but also on a lot of things just for things' sake. Like that random gift card for you, Tracy, because I never know what you want. Or Cousin Joel, that shirt I know you didn't really like, that wasn't your size, which made you go back to the mall and waste that whole day just so you could receive a gift from me. And it's not that gifts are bad, but lately I don't understand how all the buying and busyness has anything to do with celebrating Christmas. this has always been about. Maybe Christmas doesn't need to be different, but I need to be different. So here's what I'm going to do. The wife and I sat down. We decided to spend less anxiety, energy, and money, and instead give more relationally, like how God gave his son. Some of you we see all the time, so we thought about the gifts that can make that time more meaningful together. Others of you we don't see as often, so we wanted to make something with a bit of heart. We tried lots of things, and then we found out from a friend that you can roast your own coffee beans with a popcorn popper. So our family is making gifts with some personal notes and prayers. If the love of Jesus changed the world, what if, in celebration of that, we took a portion of what we used to spend on gifts for each other and instead gave a lasting gift to those in need? I know what you're thinking. Where do you even start? Well, how about here? Did you know that every minute a child dies from a water-related disease? What if we could give someone the gift of clean drinking water? I know, alone, our small gift doesn't seem huge. But the story of Christmas is that we're not alone. And if we all gave together, all of a sudden it's not so small anymore. And that's a Christmas story that I'd like to be a part of, and one we would all remember. So dear friends and family, who's ready for that Christmas? I know we are, and we're inviting you to join us. Now, 
one of the things that really excited me about this is I think it really just ties in with who we are. It really links in with our vineyard, vineyard values, doesn't it? We are a people who love to worship. That's what we do when we gather together. And if you've seen from the, even the notices we had today, we're a people of real compassion. We love to put our love for Jesus into practice. And that's ev- evidence in so many ways through those banana boxes, through what we do regularly with Caris Kids, a whole range of different ways that we love to give. So this just seemed to really tie in for me. And we were away um, this week with some other vineyard leaders and we heard John and Debbie Wright speak. Now they're the new national um, directors of our movement. And Debbie said something that really struck me. She said as they were thinking and praying about um, their vision for the vineyard kind of going forward. Those of you who don't know, we've just had a transition from our wonderful founder leaders, um, John and Ella Mumford, over to John and Debbie Wright. And so as we look ahead, what John and Debbie said was, as we've prayed, they've just realised that we are ordinary people. We're led by ordinary people, but we do extraordinary things by the grace of God. We are influencers, shaping the culture around us and making a difference for the kingdom. And I just thought, when better than at Christmas to make a difference in our culture? When we look at TV and adverts and everything that's going on around us, it can be really difficult to put Jesus right at the center and to focus on him. And as we've sung in our worship songs this morning, you know, we respond to the truth of Jesus by saying, in all I do, I honor you. So how are we going to live the Christmas story this year? Really practically, what do the songs we've just sung look like this afternoon or tomorrow morning? Well, as they've said, there are those four different themes. The theme to worship fully, the theme to spend less, to give more, and to love all. And I'm just going to whiz through these and give you some kind of practical thoughts. The first theme is worship fully. And you know, when we understand the truth about the gift of Jesus at Christmas, as we have today, our response is to worship. That's what happened the first Christmas. The angels, the shepherds, the wise men all came and worshipped Jesus. And the word worship comes from a word which means giving worth, attributing worth. You may have heard us say before that what we give our time, our energy and our money to shows what we worship. And so the question today is, so how can we really choose to focus on Jesus in this season of Advent as we run up to Christmas? Ironically, in the time when we're preparing to celebrate Jesus' birth, it can be the time when we're so distracted that we actually lose sight of him and don't get to see him. And I saw this little video, I don't know whether you've seen this this week, but um, it's an advert advert that's come out ready for Christmas, and I thought it it pictured it rather well. I know we weren't going to do presents. Here. Oh my God, Joe. beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Evening. I heard you had a new bag. Well, yes, I literally just opened it. Lordy, lordy. Do you mind if I... Um. Oh, it's 
I'm out of picture. Hi-ho! The door was open, so I thought I... May I? Oh, there it is. I wouldn't normally go for red, but that really works, doesn't it? Someone's a very lucky girl. Oh, yes, I know. Sorry, traffic was a nightmare. We come bearing gifts. <laughs> Thank you. Love you. Oh. Well, this is truly marvelous. <laughs> it smells amazing. <laughs> it's a thing of wonder. Quite stupendous. Guys, it's just a bag. tickled me but I thought that was quite a good picture really sometimes of what Christmas can be like especially if you've got kids I don't know if your children have started making a Christmas list yet about all the things that they are expecting or hoping might be under the tree on Christmas day and it's a massive challenge because that's what their friends are doing at school in fact you know there was um last year I remember somebody telling me that their child at nursery one of the activities was to be given a catalogue and asked just to cut out pictures of what they wanted to have for Christmas to stick on a piece of paper and so the expectation is that this season is about something completely different but as Nigel said earlier we have the authority as Jesus' followers to do something different and to change our culture. And the question is really, what does that look like for each of us? How do we really worship fully in this season? You know, Jesus, somebody came to Jesus and asked him what he needed to do to have eternal life. And Jesus answered in Luke 10, 27, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And with all your mind. And that for me implies a kind of a doing. And the question is, so what can we do to worship fully over the next weeks as we run up to Christmas? There are kind of all kinds of practical things that we could do. And in fact, Paul's going to be unpacking some of these next week um, as he speaks. But I just thought I'd offer you a few suggestions. You know, when our kids were younger, we used to, every um, Sunday, every, sorry, every Christmas day afternoon, we used to have our family nativity. So rather than the day be all about presents, we would dress up and um, get ourselves in gear and act out the Christmas story. And it was wonderful for me, because as a child, I always wanted to be Mary, and I never got chosen. So I had the chance to live out my childhood dream. But it was something we deliberately did in order just to remind our kids that Christmas was more about what they were going to open. Next week, we're going to have some Advent candles available. And um, the picture of one of those here, of you, I don't know whether you've seen them before, but they are graded on each day. You burn the candle down a little bit, and on each of the bands is one of the names of Jesus. And so it's an opportunity, as you burn the candles, to kind of think and reflect about Jesus each day going through Advent. We've also got our techies in, in, in gear, and we're sorting out a, a text prompt, where if you'd like to, you can sign up, and we'll send you a text every day, just to remind you through Advent to worship Jesus and to focus on him. 
We've got some quiet days planned, a whole range of other different things to make sure that we keep Jesus at the centre of our season. And of course, none of these are compulsory, but they're all just on offer to you if you would like to engage with this. So as well as worshipping fully, the next thing in this conspiracy is to think about spending less. And that is a challenge, especially if you get your your Christmas list from your, your kids of what they would like to be given. But actually, as you saw in the, the little clip, the suggestion is that we at least think about spending less on gifts that don't mean a lot, on those vouchers and things for people who actually we just don't know what to buy for. I don't know about you, but it's tricky, isn't it? It's awkward. Um, and I know somebody who has had presents wrapped under the tree before without gift tags, just in case somebody turns up and gives them something so they don't feel the embarrassment of not having anything to give back. And I just wonder, well, might it be possible for us just to have some brave conversations around these things? You know, I felt really challenged by this this week, and I sent an email to my family, um, slightly in fear, not in fear and trembling, but I know that my family love to be generous and to give gifts. And I just spoke to them and said, look, I love being with you at Christmas, but actually, as I look around my house, I don't need a lot more stuff. What if we were to put the adults' names in a hat and we all just pull out one name and we buy a gift for that person? You know, some of you are nodding. I'm sure that some of you may do this already. And what if the money that we had left over, we could actually put it towards some kind of charity like Living Water International? Or in fact, our, I think our family um, will you know, we'll choose a charity with the adults in our family to give the money towards. And I was nervous about it. And actually, everyone came back to me and said, what a great idea. We would love to do that. What a great way to celebrate Christmas. So it might be that that's something that you could think about doing, how to spend less on things that just aren't going to last, on things that we're not going to remember next year, so that we have some resources released that we can actually make a difference with. You know, in 2014, the Money Advice Service did a survey. They found that 37% of respondents said they received gifts worth an average value of £54 that they did not want or use. Now, if we assume that there are 220 people in this room, I haven't counted today, but if we just assume that's how many... A third of those people is 81 of us, so maybe this kind of crowd over here. If you all had unwanted gifts that cost an average of £54, the amount of money wasted is £4,395. That's a lot of money, isn't it? There's something that is worth us thinking about, about how we use our resources. And, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about how we spend our money, and I'm not going to go into it in detail now. And in saying this, I'm not suggesting that we're not a generous people, because the evidence is clear, we are. But what I am suggesting is that we look and say to God, what is it that you want us to do with the resources that you've given us? You know, in Matthew 6, he says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters, for you'll hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And there's that tie-in again, isn't there, where your treasure is, your heart will be. The first thought about worshipping fully And how we spend our money does relate to where our worship is, what we're worshipping. Is it the handbag in the manger or is it Jesus in the manger? 
Now, the next thing that they mentioned was about giving more. So we're worshipping fully, spending less and giving more. And this sounds like a real contradiction. I've just said spend less, and now I'm saying give more. How can that be? Well, as you saw from the clip, giving more is about how we give ourselves. We're not saying everybody has to roast coffee beans in a popcorn machine. That's not the point. But what about thinking about gifts that actually mean something? You know, I don't know if you've seen this year's John Lewis advert yet. Has anyone seen that? The Man on the Moon one with that lovely song? Oh, you have to have a, if you haven't seen it, have a look out for it. The, the, premise, is, the premise of it is that there are, there's a, a family down on earth who are getting ready for Christmas and celebrating. And the little girl kind of looks through a telescope and sees the man on the moon who's all in grey and he's sad and lowly and all on his own. And she'd love to send him something. She'd love to connect with him. So she tries to fly an aeroplane and she tries to send a letter with a bow and arrow and nothing can reach it. And then wonderfully, John Lewis does the business and is able to deliver him a present on Christmas Day. <laughs> Amazing. And yet, you know, so we've had some heated debate amongst some friends about this. Some of my friends go, isn't that just wonderful? It made me cry. It's so amazing, this guy, because she actually, what she buys him, I think she gets him a telescope, doesn't she? So he's able there to look down on them all celebrating. And I saw it, and, you know, I was gutted. Why would you send him a telescope so he can see you having fun? Go and get him. Go and get this lonely old man on the moon. Find a way to get there and bring him back. Give him Christmas dinner. Talk to him about his hopes and his dreams. And do you know the thing is that as I watched that, it really convicted me. It affected me because we have some elderly relatives. And at Christmas, I send them a, a nice bunch of flowers to cheer them up and make them feel happy. And sometimes the kids will write them a card. Actually, I thought God said to me, Joe, you need to go and see them. And it's very inconvenient. They live quite a long way away. And my life is busy. I've got carol services to go to. And I've got Christmas dinner to cook and any number of different things to do. But at Christmas, what happened was that Jesus came. God didn't send us a telescope. He didn't even just send us a book, the Bible. He came as a person to connect with us. And that's a really big challenge to me. How can I give not just presents, not just things which are loads of fun, but how can I meaningfully give my presence to people in a way that helps them feel loved and connected with, in a way that shows Jesus to people who don't know him? So that's something I just offer you to think about. How can we worship fully? How can we spend less? How can we give more? Because God so loved the world that he gave. And then the last kind of theme or tenant in the Advent Conspiracy is about loving all. You know, that wonderful, wonderful um, verse from John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Everyone. It's not just for those of us who are able to read what's in the Bible. It's not just for those of us who've got the resources here that we need. But in the giving of ourselves at Christmas, in the giving of meaningful gifts, the love of the giver can really be expressed. And that's what happened in that story that Nigel alluded to earlier about in Nepal. There, in the earthquake, people were given rice. They were given food, what they desperately needed to live. And through that, they said, the people giving it, where has this come from? Why are you doing it? And the good news of Jesus was, was shared and spread. 
The church were able to say, we are part of a church family. We have brothers and sisters all around the world who love us because God loves them. And people, even in tragedy, were able to connect with Jesus. And the thing I was reading about Living Water International, which is the charity that these guys um, suggest that we might want to contribute to, it's meaningful because the Bible tells us that Jesus is living water. He's the one that refreshes us. He's the one who we need to connect with. But actually, if you every single day have dirty water, it's not so easy just to hear and understand and think about the thought of Jesus being living water. In giving people fresh, clean water, we can do so much. We can point them towards Jesus, the living water, because when you have dirty water or when you don't have water available, many times you have to walk a long way to get it. I've been reading about women and girls, it's mostly women and girls, who have to walk maybe 60 miles a day to get water for their families because they need water, obviously, to drink and to bathe and to water their crops and to, um, just for the business of life. And some of these women and girls have to walk maybe up to three hours a day to get this water. And on the way, they are in danger. They're in danger, some even from crocodiles, baboons. They're in danger from a sexual um, attack. It's a dangerous journey. And then when they get the water, often it's not clean. So the water that they're desperate for, they carry home and they drink and it gives them diseases and then they're ill and they die. And yet, with a water pump in their village, they can have clean, fresh water. They save three hours a day that they can spend looking after their families or playing with their kids. And they have extra water for their crops. The crops grow well so they can sell the excess. So there's money to send their kids to school. Things that, you know... A glass of water, a bottle of water. I've been slurping on this this morning. Just take it so for granted. And yet this is life to people. And what if I wasn't to buy somebody a Boots voucher because I didn't know what to get them, but effectively I was to buy a whole load of bottles of these. And so my invitation to you today, if you would like to, is to think about these tenets and think about how we can respond as a church family. We already do give in so many ways. The tables at the back about vineyard compassion, about the toy boxes and the things for the refuge and the hampers. Thank you for all of those. And I'm not trying to make you feel guilty and get you to give more. What I'm saying is these things have made me think about how I spend and what money that I could release to do more because there are people who really need it. And the way that we thought that we might respond is we've got two carol services coming up in December. There's an all-age Advent carol service, and there's also kind of a grown-up carol service, if you like, and we'll have some more details about those coming up. But what we suggest is we have a special offering at those two services. And if you'd like to engage in this, if you'd like to spend less so that you can give more, why don't you bring your money then? Why don't we see how much money we can put together to send to Living Water International in order to buy clean water for families there? I did some research. I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could build a well? But actually, it's really hard to work out how much it costs to build a well because it depends on the ground and it depends on the government policy and it depends on all manner of factors. But roughly speaking, in some countries, it costs about £2,000 to build a well, which is not a right lot of money when we think about all those unwanted presents and the average calculation we looked before. So I wanted to throw open an invitation to you. I invite you to come and join with us and think about how we might make Advent and Christmas more meaningful this year. How we might worship fully and put Jesus right at the centre. And in the middle of that, 
how we might think about spending less so that we can give more of ourselves and then more of the resources that we've got to show the love of God to everybody. Thank you. Why don't we, why don't we stand together? Can you leave that slide up for me, actually? Is that all right? Why don't we stand together and let's just take a minute or two to reflect and to invite the Holy Spirit just to come. So that's quite a challenging message and there's a lot of stuff to look at there. But actually, we need to do what the Spirit is telling us to do, not just what Joe is telling us to do. So why don't we just, Holy Spirit, we thank you for this invitation to think differently and live differently this Christmas. And Lord, while we've still got time to plan and to make decisions and to communicate with friends and family, Holy Spirit, would you just come now and, and would you inspire and invite us? And Lord, as we think back over what Joe's just shared and we look at these four aspects of the Advent conspiracy, Holy Spirit, would you show us? Let's just take a minute and I just really encourage you just to ask that question of the Holy Spirit. What, what do you want us to do? How, how can we respond? How do, how do you want us to respond specifically? How do you want me to respond? How do we respond, Holy Spirit, to the invitation to worship fully at Christmas? What does that look like for us? Holy Spirit, inspire our hearts, inspire our thoughts. What does that look like? And even now, just as we wait, he's just going to drop ideas into our heads and our hearts. What does that look like for us? And Holy Spirit, how do we respond to the invitation to spend less on gifts that aren't wanted? Which, which brave conversations would you have us initiate? around Christmas gifts and spending. Just show us, Lord. And Holy Spirit, how do you want us to give more? More of ourselves. How do we make our gifts personal and meaningful and real? Because you're a generous God. And we want to be generous people, but we want to give of ourselves just like you gave of yourself. And Holy Spirit, how do we continue to love all? How are you calling us to respond to this? There's a verse that we often read at Christmas from the beginning of the book of John. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him not anything that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. And Christmas is about light 
and it's about life. And Father, we want to be light people and life people. To whoever, wherever you've placed us and with whomever you've put us around. This is just part of being scattered servants to our communities, living in a way that's different. And Father, that word that we mentioned at the beginning, that, that for all of us who've chosen to follow Jesus, we're marked with the blood of Jesus. And that blood gives us the authority to stand out against culture and to stand up for the gospel and to stand out for life and light. So show us how to do that, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you worship guys want to come? And um, if you want to respond this morning, any it's quite a practical response, to be honest. Um, but the Lord is here. And if you would like to have some prayer for something this morning, if, if anything that Joe said has sparked something off for you, if you want to respond, if you'd like to have someone pray with you, if you've come with a need today, then we would love to pray for you. And there is some time and we have space to do that. So just as the guys just kind of lead us, why don't you make your way forward if that's you, if you want to kind of respond. If you know that God is speaking to you, if you know that he's challenging you, if you just want to identify with that and say, yes, God, I'm up for that. If you want to do that, please feel free to come. If you need to go and get your kids, please feel free to do that. I'll just pray for us. Father, we thank you for your presence with us. You've been with us this morning. You've, as we've worshipped you and as you've challenged us and we are open to what you have to say and what you want to do. Holy Spirit, continue to lead us, I pray, and be with us. Father, we want to go from here in the presence and the power of you and your love. And we bless you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to meet with you today. Amen. Amen. Feel free to just stay and worship. Feel free to come and respond so we can pray for you free to get coffee. Bless you guys. Have a great Sunday.